Sunday. It's Sunday. It's the first day of Chag And we're learning a Maimish. Now, normally the second hour of Sunday is Ayyem Yoyim. Right? But normal is unless it's not normal, yeah? Um, I wasn't here at this Kislev. So Friday we did Ayyem Kislev, Dekha Maimish. So today we're doing Vayeshev. In other words, this coming Friday we'll do Mikates and we're on schedule. There's, I think there's 63 Maimorim in Toshimav, 63. A lot. We usually average between 40 and 50 per year, like an extra 15, so we're going to have to do a little more stealing than we normally do. But last time we started, last time we learned, which was Friday, was the beginning of a new year, Toshim Amal. I don't know if you're familiar with our program here, but every year if we learn a year of my modern from the Rebbe. So uh, we just finished Toshim Membei, did every single Maimed, and now we're starting going backwards. We're doing Memalaf 1981, 8081. So on Friday we did a Maimar Yitas Kislev. Today we're doing a Maimar Yeshev. In other words, this is what we should have done Friday. We didn't do it Friday, so we're doing it today. Let's read. Let's read. The Maimar is very straight up. It really is. Not hard. Vayeshev Yainke Be'edet Muguriyav Be'edet's Kenan. Yainke Avinu lived in the land where his father lived. In the land of Kenan. Right? That's the literal translation of these words. Yankel Avinu lived in the land where his father lived, in the land of Canaan. Now, every word in this pasuk begs to be explained. Right? The beginning of the parsha, Yankel comes home. Yankel came home last week. In Pashas Vayishlach, Yankel Avinu came home, right? Because in Pashas Vayishlach, Yitzchak actually passes away. Yitzchak passed away last week. The Torah is not written in a, in a chronological sequence. Last week's Pasha says Yitzchak passed away and Esav and Yankov buried him. So when it says in this week's Pasha, the Pasha begins, Vayeshev Yankov Eretz Maguri Eretz Kanan, it's a repeat of what happened last week. You know, like you have the beginning of Vayetze. It says Vayetze Yankov Eshav Eretz Rashi says, in the end the Pasha told us it says Vayetze. Was it Nacham of Vayetze? And he gives a different shot. Here you have a Pasuk, the beginning of Pasha Vayeshev. Vayeshev Yankiv Eretz Maguri Ovev Eretz Kenan. He's already returned home. He's lived with his father for a certain number of years. His father had a chance to pass away. Yankiv is still living. But the Torah begins by repeating this Indian that Vayeshev Yankiv is sitting. And he's sitting in a settled way, in a peaceful way, in Bishalva. Be'eretz Maguri Ovev Eretz Kenan. And there are many, many Mamari Chasidis that analyze virtually every single word of this pasuk. This particular Maimon analyzes only several of the words. We're not going into every nuance, we're going into certain nuances. So we begin, six lines into the paragraph, the question asked in all the Maimonim, or many of the Maimonim, on this pasuk, skip the parenthesis, is the Yesh Lahavin Inyan HaKefa. Why does it say twice? Vayeshev Yaike Be'eretz Meguri Oviv Be'eretz Kenan. It would have been enough if it said Vayeshev Yaike Be'eretz Meguri Oviv Be'Kenan or Kenan. The word Be'eretz written twice is redundant, is unnecessary. To be sure, if it would have said Vayeshev Yaike Be'Meguri Oviv Be'Kenan, it would also would have been fine, right? Hebrew is not English. You don't have to have all of these words to fill out a sentence. Both Be'eretz can arguably be considered not necessary, but certainly the redundancy is certainly a question. Gam. I'm reading by the base and the vertical line. Eight lines of Medaikim, another question is. Mashbe in this Pasuk. 
The holy land, the land of Israel is called the land of Canaan. Now we know why it was called the land of Canaan, because Canaanites lived there. That's why it's called Canaan. But the fact that in the Torah it said that the land where the Jewish people live is the land of Canaan is itself a question. And the Rebbe asks, the Torah tells us, Canaan, the nation of Canaan, the people of Canaan, Biyade carries in his hand Mosne Mirmo. Mosne means a scale of deception. His measure is is devious. Why would the Tater identify as Canaan as Canaan? They represent Mirma, deception, deviousness. And it also says the Khomwavi Kanan and it says Eur Kanan Evadavalachov. It it's very difficult to understand why the land where the Ovis live is called Natator Kanan. So the Rebbe answers the question simply five lines from the end of the paragraph. The reason is obvious. Because at that particular time, the Canaanites or the Canaanites, as they're translated into English, had occupied the land. And of course, you know what Rashi says. The meaning of this postal is look at the next words. If, if you've ever studied the beginning of um, the Pashish Noyach, we had the distribution of the lands of, uh, of uh, after the Mabul, Canaan, this land was originally given to Shem, and Canaan took it from Shem. So the question is, the fact that it was originally Semitic land, Shem, and Canaan took it from Shame, and while Avraham Avinu was living there, Canaan was occupying the land. And of course, this is the whole debate between Loit and Avraham. Loit says, I'm a lot of steel, because the land is really mine. And Avraham says, it may be yours, but the time hasn't come. But this particular moment, it belongs to them. And if you steal, it's not allowed. Mizeh Gufara, in the self-indicates, Shabbat that in essence, Zui, Eretz Bnei Shame, it's a land of shame. Veloma Nikras, Eretz Canaan. Why would the Tater call Eretz Canaan? That's the question. So, how many questions do we have? We have two questions, basically. Question number one is, why do you say the word edits twice? Edits once would have been sufficient. And you can even make the case that if you had edits zero times, it would also be fine. And even though it was true that realistically, actually, the people living in that land at that time were Canaan, the Torah doesn't have to write everything. The Torah could have found other ways of saying it. The Torah's choice to identify the land by the people of Canaan that the Torah calls the Mirma has to be precise on a Torah level, not just on a historic level, but on a Torah level. And this becomes the question. And the Rebbe answers the question right away. The answer is as follows. The fact that in this post, the word edit is repeated two times. And the question of the Maimah was why the repetition in Hagam, the Vepashtas Koi Al Oisa edits. On a simple level, Eretz Magoriyaviv and Eretz Canaan is a reference to the same land. Eretz Yisrael, the land of Yisrael. In other words, in Pshute Shal Mikra, it's acceptable for the Torah to speak this way. In Pshute Shal Mikra, in Pshat, it's okay for the Torah to use the same word twice. It's part of the form of the prose or the rhyme of the Torah that says Eretz Magoriyaviv, Eretz Canaan. Become okay, moving. It's nevertheless understood on a deeper level. Shabbos palmim edits. The reason it says the word edits twice is because Hamayz bechinah says, because physically Yanka was living in one place. Spiritually, this land represents two levels. Two levels. 
it says in the Pasuk, in Tilim, I will walk before HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the lands of life. Translates the Rebbe, and Chayim Lashem. The lands are plural, and the, la- and the life is plural. There's two levels of Eretz. So what the Rebbe is saying like this. Physically, Yankov was in one place. Spiritually, where Yankov was sitting, represented two Aratzes. And the double Lashem Eretz, Eretz is underscoring the Neshama behind the physical existence of Yankov Avinu. So physically, Yankov is in one Eretz. Spiritually, the Eretz in which he is sitting is stacked, has two Madregis, and the Torah is Merames, to the two Madregis in the place Yankov is sitting by saying the word Eretz twice. Vahainu, what does this mean? Eretz Tatov, Eretz Ilah, a lower land and a higher land, and in the language of Kabbalah, it's Bechinas Malchus or Bechinas Bina. Okay, Malchus and Bina are both Eretz. Why? Do not Bahoma. Both Malchus and Bina are called planes. Right? In every situation, you have what you bring down, and you have the place to where you bring it. Eretz is the receptacle, the place to where you bring it. You have two Aratzes, you have two planes where you bring down blessing and benevolence and gutazachen from a higher level to a lower level. There's a big difference. What's the difference? Malchus is called Eretz, Bina is called Eretz, and in this Pasuk, Eretz Magurayavav and Eretz Kenan is an allusion to both Madregis. What's the difference? The level of Malchus represents what's external and revealed. Malchus of Atzilus goes into the lower worlds and it's called the Madreg of Amadezgal. In other words, there's a land, there's a plane, there's a dimension that's defined by being seen. Okay, and to use the language of Hanukkah, <laughs> what you can see, what's exposed, what's revealed. And then there is another level of land, the Svira Sabino, which is also a plain, it's also a plateau, where light and spirituality descends from a higher level to a lower level. And it manifests over there, but it's Pnimi, it's Behelem. It's the inner dimension and the hidden dimension, and the hidden dimension, the concealed world. Which means what? Bishamayim. <laughs> That's how we're translating it this morning, right? That's what? There are things on the outside, and there are things on the inside. Let's use the language of the Tanya class that we just completed. There's Haniglis and Hanestades. There's the practical dimension of Judaism, which everybody sees, and everyone is the same about. Hanestades, there's the personal dimension, the inner dimension of Judaism, where no two are alike. And both of those things exist in the same space. In the same edits, you have Eretz Atachtoyna, a land that everybody sees, and you have Eretz Atachtoyna, a land that nobody sees. And the combination of the two is where Yankiv is sitting. Yankiv is sitting, Be'eretz Meguriyavim, Be'eretz Kenan. So this Maimir focuses on the word Eretz. It doesn't address the word Meguriyavim. The Rebbe says here, most Maimonim bring this Diyuk, but just a couple of weeks ago, we learned the Maimir with the whole focus on the word Meguriyavim, from the word Birudim, but what we learned a few weeks ago, we forgot already. We're very good at that, okay? So in this Maimir, the question is the double Russian Eretz. Why does it say Eretz twice? And the answer is because the one space in which Yankiv is physically existing has these two dimensions. They're both considered living. Why? Life comes from a higher level to a lower level. Which is called Eitz Chayim. And which is called Mokar Chayim. So there's land, and then there's living land. There's earth, and then there's living earth. Life is a metaphysical thing. It's a spiritual thing. So the Rebbe is explaining what says in the Maimarich Sidis, Malchus, which is Eretz, receives from Zoh, which is called Eitz Chayim, the 
the tree of life. Bino, which is also called Eretz, receives from Chachma, which is called Mokerachai. So we have four ideas here. Two lands, and the notion that each of these two lands are living, and they're getting life from a level above themselves. And the point is, Yankav Avinu is sitting in one place and he's relating to two Madrigas. That's the Chesidus. In other words, Ipshat, Ipshutei Shal Mikra, Yankav is living in Eretz Yisrael. Spiritually, the land on which he's living has these two dimensions. The actual dimension and the Ruchnitik dimension. Here's the good news and the bad news. We're done with the Pasuk. <laughs> We're done with the Pasuk. Turn the page. The Hinei Omer Razal, it says in Zayin. The rest of this Maimed talks about Torah. It, the truth is, he does get back to the Inyan, but the rest of the Smaimah talks about Teira. On what basis? It says in Zayah, Kuchabrihu, page 102, Kuchabrihu is looks into the Teira and creates the world. Omizem movement, and accordingly, if there are two levels, two worlds within each world, there has to be two worlds within each world of the Teira. Just like Yankiv's edits. Is, is double, is duplicate, there's two aratzes in the Eretz where Yankiv is living, there needs to be two aratzes in the Torah which created two aratzes. And the rest of the Maimon talks about Torah. I'm simplifying a little bit. The rest of this Maimon now says, just like you have two aratzes, in reality there's what you see and there's what's hidden from view, but it's also very real. Eretz HaChayim on a lower level, and Eretz HaChaim on a higher level, the same is true in Torah. And the Rebbe explains immediately, The lower level of earth, as it relates to Torah, is Malchus, and Malchus, the revealed level of Torah. Of course, you all know it says in Zayar, we say every Friday, that Malchus passed. Malchus is the Yebishter's mouth, and the Torah was spoken. So, nigger, the teira, means payachal, the teira, the abish that spoke to us in Gegos. Now, look at the arrow. You see, I made an arrow a few lines down. Mm-hmm. The higher edit is an allusion to Svira Sabina. Which is the inner dimension of the teira. Now, what I want to say is as always, the teira on the external level, it's part of the practical. What do I have to do? What I'm, what I'm supposed to do? What I'm allowed to do? What I'm not allowed to do, Hamaisa Shayasun, Ve'ela Shalaysia Sena, the deeds that I must do, and the deeds that I'm not allowed to do. Pnimiyas Atayra is not about what you do, it's how you live it, right? In the language of the Tanya class, it's the Kola Niglas Nanistaris. Now, what's, what's interesting about this Maimit? The Alter Rebbe, the Rebbe, our Rebbe, is presumably talking about two levels of Taira, but he doesn't give them equal time. You see this one line, Eretz Ayena Svira Sabina Pnimiyas Atayra? That's all he says about the higher Rebbe. That's it. One line. The rest of this Maimed talks about Eretz mm-hmm. The point of the Maimed is to say there's two lands in the land. There's therefore two Torahs in the Torah which creates that land. The higher Torah and the lower Torah. The higher Torah is Primus Torah, is the dimension that you don't see. The lower Torah is the practical dimension. And this entire Maimed is going to talk only about the lower Torah, the practical dimension. Why? Because there's more to the story. Let's go back to the beginning. Three lines, four lines in the top of the page. Tehine. Hamelach. The lower level of Torah is connected to the lower level of the land, which is Kabbalistically Siris Amalchus, right? What do we know about kings? We know about <laughs> kings that they govern. In Yonayuk, Meshachosim, as the Pasuk says, Asha Yitzilif Neim, Asha Yavilif Neim, Asha Yitzim, Asha Yaviyim, in other words, on Hagasah. Kings may be wonderful people, 
but they're needed to govern, to make rules, to make decisions, and implement them. Like it says in the Pasuk, Melech Bamishpat Yamid Oretz, a king's job is to give Hamada to Oretz, to give permanence, to give security, to give safety to a country. How? Laws. Hainushen Yanehu Lishpetes Ambachulu, his role is to judge the people, to lead the people, so there should be a civil society, right? How does a civilization work, right? How does a civilization work? There's a framework, and the framework is provided by the government. And if you live in America, the government was created by the people themselves. But when people's life becomes the framework, then they're sick, right? We love to pick on America. It's our favorite subject. Yeah, America was the government said for the people by the people. And they made a law. What was the law? The law was it has to be a separation of religion and state. Why? So people should be free to worship as they wished. What's the That should be free from worship. That's what happens when the Civilization defines itself by its laws. The laws are a framework. Behind that framework, there's a neshama. The neshama is the people. The civilization, the society is supposed to create a framework where the neshama of people has to emerge in a constructive way. Not this shouldn't be religion. This should be religion in a free way, which is the only way and the best way that religion should be practiced, right? But when you have just the chitzonius and you take the neshama away as our society, as civil liberties organizations have so successfully, unfortunately, done. You have a society which is spiritually dead. So you see right here, there's a, there's a land, a country. And this land has Eretz Atachtayna, and Eretz Halyayna is a lower level of the land, and a higher level. What's the lower level of the land? The laws. What's the higher level of the land? The spirit behind it. Correct? So the Rebbe is going to focus not on the spirit behind it. He's going to focus on the laws themselves. Why? Because we're talking here about Tatum. So we're going to skip that one line that I showed you earlier and move beyond it. Okay? Oh, I, actually, I skipped a little. Let's go back to the, where I'm reading. I'm now <laughs> six lines, seven lines for the top of the page, 102. And this is the fixed law. They give a person instruction how we should behave in his practical life. And that's the lower tater. The lower tater tells us what to do. The higher tater tells us what to be. Correct? So, you should focus more on the Eretz HaYoyna than it should focus on the Eretz HaTachtayna. Why? Because the laws and the halachas are only a framework. Inside that framework is supposed to be a Pneumius. But in this Maimah, that makes a whole deal Dafke out of Chitzenius. So, let's go. The Piske Hadinim Lahalacha. One line after that arrow. The fixed law of Lahalacha. Are on the lower level. Halacha has to be passed down here in the Shoming, and they cannot pass the famous story in the Gemara that they were having an argument with Kuchabrichlo, Mr. Tadirakia. What do you do with the Suffolk doesn't say I love a couple of beheaders, right? They were arguing about a Suffolk, an uncertainty in the case of Tzaraz. So it was decided that Rabbi Banachmeni was a living man should paskin in an argument in the Kuchabrichu and Mesifta Derekiyas. And he said Tahir and he passed away as he said that word. But the halacha has to be dafka down here in this world. Fagam Shemavobe Biyuri Azir it says in the Biyuri Azir it says in seven lines under the paragraph. Shepsak halacha shenifzik aidei atanayim amiraim when the great tanayim and amiraim gave piski did. Lamata. His aidei shenifzik aidei atanayim amiraim was based on what they saw on high Says the Rebbe, nevertheless, me din the actual law that they gave 
the halacha is based it's based on how they understood it on the nigla so although it's true that they had and they were sensitive to the neshama of Torah but you can't pass him from Kabbalah you can't pass him from Ruch HaKadosh you can't pass him from Lamaila you have to pass him by understanding the Torah Lamata right how do Jewish people get to the truth how do Jewish people get to the truth anyone know the answer to that question I'll answer the question but the question what do Jewish people do best Argue. <laughs> argue. That's right. Debate. Argue. And they argue and they argue and they argue and they argue and that's how you have a metosah shalteira. What about the fact that Ruch HaKedish? Ruch HaKedish is wonderful. But the halacha has to be paskined down here. Correct? says the Rebbe datzagdin lepeot sarach liyizdavke keshemeivin besich liyizdavloch. I just read the last words of the first paragraph. Page 182. says the Rebbe next paragraph, page 182. And again, I want to repeat again what's interesting here. We started over by Yeshev. Which explains, if I had to use it, my own words, every land has two lands. In the case of Yankel Avinu's habitation, in the Eretz, there's two Madregas. A lower level and a higher level. And the Rebbe immediately flips from physical land to Torah and says it's a lower Torah and a higher Torah. What's the difference? The lower Torah gives you laws. The higher Torah gives you a spirit. But this Maimah doesn't focus on the higher Torah with what you would expect of a Maimah. See this? It focuses dafka on the laws. Let's go. Vezehu inyin eretz atachtena. Shabbatena, new paragraph, bottom of the page, 102. This is the pshat, the lower land, in as much as Tere is concerned, which is bechinus nigla de Tere. Vetere shabal peh, the revealed level of Tere, and the oral Tere, that addresses real practical issues in the real practical world. This is called the lower level. So the Rebbe goes off on a tangent. Vagam sh'omer razal, doesn't the Gemara say... The Medrash day. Lama nikra shmo eretz. Sherat salas is the same case. The word eretz connotes rotsen, which is much higher than eretz and earth. The Mizan move to begin its eretz, begin its rotsen. Eretz is the lineage of rotsen. So the Rebbe answers. Harelechere gamzeh shayach teresh vapeh. This also connected to teresh vapeh, like it says in Engels Nakedish. Okay, if I had time, I would explain it. The bottom line is mitzvahs are higher than chokhmah. Mitzvahs come to us through the Torah. The Torah teaches through the mitzvahs. But in the end, Al to Yeshiv is Ramam right? The mitzvahs of the Torah are gzeris. They're higher than understanding. And nevertheless, says the Rambam, kol she'ef she'relitan leitam, ten leitam. If you can find a reason for a mitzvah, whereas the Rambam would say, for parts of a mitzvah, pl- apply logic to the mitzvahs to the extent possible, but you should know mitzvahs are gzeris. Because mitzvahs come from higher than chokhmah. So therefore, on the one hand, Eretz means will, which is higher than Chachma. On the other hand, Eretz means land. It means how it all comes down to a practical level. So even Nishpatim and Eidus Mitzvah? Oh yeah, oh, of course. Are you kidding? Are all Gezeros? Absolutely. Like, of course, of even course. Even though they're understood, uh, that you're saying. But are they understand- understandable, like the, the Rambam rips the pieces. The Rambam, if you look at any Mitzvah, every Mitzvah has nuance, details. Right. The nuances of Mitzvahs don't all make sense. The basic mitzvah makes sense in the case of Mishpatim. But if you start analyzing the subtleties, it doesn't make sense. And the Rambam gives a, a, a Rambam-like an, a, a explanation for this in the Menevuchim. But in the Yad, he says, the truth of the matter is, it's all Zedis. And you understand what you could understand. But you need to understand that this is, it's really much more. Decrees, edicts, laws. 103 at the top. V'zeho inyan edits kanan. That's why it's called edits kanan. So the question was, we know why it was called Canaan, because the Canaanites lived there. 
But there's a lot of ways the Torah could have described the Etzitzal and avoiding referencing them as Canaan, particularly since they were Ganovim in the first place. Why does the Torah insist? So the tenth of Tazach, which is also in Pashas Vayeshev, says the Rebbe, the Hine, Canaan, is Losh and Seichem. Earlier we associate Canaan with being a Ganef. Canaan is a Ganef, Canaan is, is cursed, Canaan is all kinds of bad stuff. But the word Canaan, besides for being a people, represents a tagel, right? A merchant, right? Where do we have Canaani? The most intimate Canaani in our lives. Right? In last fashion. But the most intimate Canaani in our lives, you know what? It's an Aishas Chayel. When you talk Aishas Chayel, you can't complain. Why? It's a women's prayer right there. What are you going to do? It says, right? Sodin Timker, Nasna, Right? This Aishas Chayel is both a manufacturer and a sales lady and a merchant. And one of the in relationships, one of the associates, I like to say, that she has is Kenani. What's that Kenani? Kenani means a, a merchant, a seich. And in Ashi, in Pashat Vayeshev, translated Kenani from the word seich, right? Vayad bas ishok ish Kenani, or shmei shua, vayave aleha, right? Yudha marries a woman named Bas Shua and has three sons. Eir, Einan, and Sheila, correct? And the, 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 the woman's name is Bas Shua, Bas Shua. Um, her father was called a Knani. First made Knani, says Rashi Tagra, a merchant. Right? You depeat a Shrasha, the Knani Tagra. And the same with Ophachu, when it says in the post, Knani, that the Knani has in his hands weights, Moiznaim, weights, measures of deception. So we understood Knani mean to the people of Canaan. Says the Rebbe, no, this means a merchant, a businessman, a Seich. And sometimes this mirma, this, this deviousness, this trickery is not so bad. Let's keep reading. Here's a lesson in business. This is a Gemara. This is a Yeah, but you have the Gemara also about this. Yes, the way one does business is as follows: you take a risk for a reward. You don't give a dollar to get a dollar. You give a dollar to get two. The father Kaspi is a hobby, you dispense of your silver and your gold. By day apizod and by making this taking this risk, you can profit on the levach incredibly profit an enormous amount. That's knani. Knani means a businessman. He profits. But in order to profit, you take risks. And oftentimes the risks involve mirma. Mirma doesn't mean dishonesty. Mirma means more than one cheshbon. But the Rebbe explains mirma in a spiritual sense. Mirma doesn't mean I'm cheating the other guy. Mirma means I have a hidden plan. Look at this. I'm reading the second line from the end of that first paragraph on page 103. The same is true in this case that we're talking about Teir and Mitzvahs on the level of the lower level of Teir, not the higher level of Teir. Right? The Teir that governs our lives as opposed to the Teir that reveals the spirit of our lives. And he says, you come down into this world you have a bunch of rules on this earth that you have to follow, but in that there is already a purpose. It's not only that you have, how did I describe it to you earlier? You have a set of rules that govern a civilization. In the parameters of those rules, there's a spirit, which is the way people are supposed to live. And that's the editorial, you know, you cannot separate the spirit of how people are supposed to live from the laws of the land says the Rebbe, but in the laws of the land there's also a spirit. In the laws of the land itself there's also a spirit. 
What's the spirit? To profit. To get more than you give. What does it mean in Ruchnias? The Neshama comes down into this world. The descent of a soul into this world is Pizr Behelem. It's a dispensation of wealth, an exposure to risk. But and through this, there's an ultimate profit. The descent is sake of an asset. In other words, if I may use words, yeah. There is an outer Torah and an inner Torah, which is supposed to govern our lives. The outer Torah is a framework. The inner Torah is the way we're supposed to live. But when you appreciate that the outer Torah is not only a set of rules that are supposed to be the basis for how you're supposed to live, here's why. Because if the outer Torah was a series of rules that's supposed to govern the way you're supposed to live alone, we would have to focus on the inner Torah. That's the point. But we're now learning that this outer Torah, with the rules that it provides, is not simply a framework for how we're supposed to live. It's a risk. It's an investment. Right? And the Shaman Ganadin has rules. It's not focusing on the rules. It's focusing on the spirit of Ganadin. And the Shaman down here comes into this world. And in this world, he has an outer Torah and an inner Torah. The outer Torah, the rules that govern his life. But the outer Torah, that, uh, which are the rules that govern his life, is Knani. The very fact that my Neshama came into this world, I've taken a risk. So here we have something interesting. Here we say, if I may use the Hebrew, that Chitsonius HaTorah has its own Pneumius. The outer dimension of Torah, which is the laws, doesn't only have the Pneumius HaTorah, which is something very esoteric and mystical. The outer level of Torah itself has its own soul. What's the soul? Why the Abish should do this? Why put an Hashem into a world where it can make all kinds of mistakes and get into all kinds of trouble, hurt itself very, very severely, and have to follow rules? And the answer is, it's Mephaziz V'neisafed. So in contrast to how it would normally be, where the rules simply are a framework, and in those rules you have to live, in this case the rules themselves have a soul. The Neshama coming into this world has rules. And what are the rules? We came into this world and we took a risk why we take this risk? Because it's a, it's a profit margin. It's worth it. So you understand the difference, right? In this case, the Rebbe is saying, the Chitonius the Eretz is an Indian for itself. It's not just the framework for the Pneumius, it's an Indian for itself, because this lower level is the risk that's supposed to bring a reward. We know the reason the Neshama came into this world is for a subsequent ascent. And he has a bunch of details here, a lot of technical details. The Nekud of all these details is describing from sources in Pesukim and Echazal this notion of Yerid Tzedekhalev. And he begins with Neira Alila Neyad. The one that Abishta puts a person into this world, he tricks him. The Abishta puts a person in this world, he tricks him. Right? Mordechai David has a song which my kids are playing in the house. The Nishamala has to come into this world and he sees what's going on and he says, Listen, I want to be over there. You see, there's a coil, I want to be over there. <laughs> and the Malach tells him, This is your mission, but right before I say goodbye to you, you're going to forget where you came from and who you are. Go figure it out. Excuse me, I didn't sign on for that. Bye bye, it's done. Right? The Abishta sets up the Nishama using an Alilo. In other words, the Nishama is, so to speak, tricked to come into this world. Why? Because you need to say the Chaliyah. There's a return. There's a benefit. There's a profit. And it says about Ganadin three lines into the paragraph. 
even in Ganeidin, there's work to be done. Even the world of Gan Eden, which is Elam, even if the world was perfect, skip a line, even in such an environment, the word Ha'adam is circled. Even in Gan Eden, there was place for Ha'adam and Nechama to correct it. When they were placed in Gan Eden, on that Shabbat, that Friday afternoon, and they had to get the Shabbat, that, that, that transgressing, the eating from the tree of knowledge, good and evil, they were told they have work to do, the work of Gan Eden, whatever that is. That man was placed in Gan Eden. In other words, through his service. It's not only preserving Gan Eden, but he had to something called Gan Eden. Moreover, he had to something called Eden. And he brings down what is even higher than Eden. And then Abba refers us to Samach Vov. I don't know Samach Vov. The best in the world, but I've learned Samachvov a few times. The idea of Gan Eden, I remember from Samachvov. The idea of Eden, I remember from Samachvov. The idea of Lamai Lamai Eden, I don't remember from Samachvov. But the Rebbe says here, a Neshama comes into this world, even as Adam and Chava came into Gan Eden, not just to preserve it and to protect it, but to enhance Gan Eden, to enhance Eden, and to add something which is even more than Eden. The descent created an enormous asset. Okay? Now, we're ten lines in the bottom of the page. So, so far, we had two quotes. The first quote was Meira Alila Neyadam. The descent of the Neshama into this world is an Alila. <coughs> it's a libel. It's a deception that the Abishtin employs for the benefit of it. And the second was Vayanecheu Beganeidin Liyav Neshama. Now goes a third. Vizehu. Tevli Teiras Picha. The words Teiras Picha are underlined. It's preferred the Teira of your mouth may Alfei from thousands of coins of gold and silver. So Hasidus teaches the word alfei, from the word alef chachma to learn. And zava kesef is yiras, gold is yira, and kesef is ahava. Zava kesef or ahava yira. Then Hashem will lift yira, does lamata, meds of yira, mitiyim. Hashem in Ganeidin is learning, teid and having avas Hashem and yiras Hashem. When it comes into this world, all of these things are quite complicated. Mekomok and nevertheless six lines in the bottom. Tevli teda spicha. Limuda teda befiha odon lamata. Teda, you and I learn over here in this world, is preferred. May alfei zavachasa from the learning which brings to the yida and to the ava, which in the Shoma has in Ganeidin. Why? The answer is Jews. Business. Right? What's the next word? Profit. Profit margin. Dafadin and the Neshama comes into this world. And is exposed to an environment, what we're calling in this context, Malchus Chitseni Yisatera. And the purpose is not the Pnimi Yisatera. The purpose is the risk that is taken in the Yeridus HaNeshama And the prophet is going to come from it ultimately. Okay? So we're now starting five lines from the bottom of the page. Ubeshvil then, because of this advantage, Mephazer Zadov HaKes, someone overlooks the fear of Hashem. In love of Hashem for the benefit. What is gained by the Neshama coming into this world to benefit? So you have three psukim so far, right? You have one more now. Four lines in the bottom of 103. There's a posik in Shirashirim that says, I am black and I am beautiful, daughters of Jerusalem. So you have a conversation has taken place between two individuals. One of them is called Bnei Yerushalayim, identified by name, and the other is Ani, whoever I am. And I says to Bnei Yerushalayim, I'm, I may be black, but I'm still beautiful. Translates the Rebbe, Bnei Yerushalayim, Heman Hashem is Lamayl. The daughter of Jerusalem means the Neshama that is in Ganeid. 
Last line on page 103. The soul that descends into this world. Which is black and covered over. A man has turned to page 104. says, black. So, Kabbalistically speaking, top of page 104 now. Shama down here says to her counterpart okay. in Malchus of Atilus, You're gorgeous. I'm black, but I'm also beautiful. Okay. I'm beautiful in spite of my struggle. Page 104, when the Neshama comes down here into this world, who ball in an true beauty is when you deal with these kinds of challenges. So there's a notion of you to say the Chaliyah, right? So the Rebbe says, second line from the top of page 104, Our mind is not about Neshamas. Our mind is about Teira. Right? And what's the celebration of our mind? Even though the mind says, there's an Eretz we're ignoring the Eretz We're making the Eretz HaTachtayna into an entity unto itself. Or to use the language I said earlier, we're not seeing Eretz HaTachtayna as a framework for Eretz We're seeing Eretz HaTachtayna as an entity unto itself. Why? Because the descent into Eretz HaTachtayna is not only a framework for Eretz HaTachtayna, the descent into Eretz HaTachtayna has a risk factor. Why? So the Pnimius of Eretz HaTachtayna is also Eretz HaTachtayna, but it's the prophet from Eretz HaTachtayna, right? Says the Rebbe, Sha'ateyla leiba shamayimi, is not in heaven. V'davkai, Teyre dasalamato, only as the Teyre comes down below, four lines, top of the page, after parenthesis. It manifests an argument which is the opposite of the truth. To find out what the truth is between one who's telling the truth and one who's lying. Six lines from the top. This idea that Taito wastes its time to get into the mind of a liar. Figure out who's telling the bigger lie. And that's the thing with Allah is this is this is the Nishamas. The Taito descends to have a benefit. The benefit of having brought a clarity to a place that's dark. You know that there's a man from Alter Rebbe, which you learned in Chitas a couple of weeks ago. You know how the Tanya works? You know how Chitas works? Every day you start studying this case, they're very excited. And some stay excited and some lose their interest. For some people it's Hanukkah, for some people it's a Tevis, for some people it's Hey Tevis, and some people like get through it and say, oh, this is so good. I remember this from last year, two years ago, yeah. But then you learn the Kutamar, and say, and then you get to look at and here a lot of people say, oh no, this is much too hard. Some people manage, yeah? and they get through Shari Chedamun, and they get through Gerasa Chuv, and they start learning Gerasa Kaidish. As you labor through the Gerasa Kaidish, more and more people fall off the wagon, right? The people who mamish hang on and get the Kuntas Achrin, and they say, oh no. It's only a couple of weeks. One of the Gerasa Kaidish that Rebbe has is that there are halachas which are discussed in Shas that could never happen. They are so obscure, they're so theoretical. There was a man named Rabbi Yirmiya. Who is always saying, what if? What if? What if the bird has one foot inside the 50 Amis and one foot after 50 Amis? Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says he threw him out of the yeshiva. He was making everybody crazy with these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. He said, get out of here. And like 80 block later, they needed his help with something. They brought him back into the yeshiva. How much time was it between they kicked the Yemiya out and they let him back into the yeshiva? He says, if it was a litva yeshiva, it was 10 years. If it was a chsidish yeshiva, it was a couple of months. That's <laughs> how quickly he moved through the mesechta. Um, but what if, so the Gemariya have certain sugis, like by kinim, by the shalas of birds, and also by the sveikas that the Ramah brings out about, about my sebehema, karla chiyasiri, lasiri achadas. He brings examples of cases which are never going to happen. 
And people spend so much time learning in the Anam of Teda, which are totally theoretical, not in the Yalach Alamais. And Al Rebbe says, I'm made in the Gezach. He says, everything in the Teda has a parallel in the world, or vice versa. Everything in the world has a parallel in the Teda. When you learn an Indian in Teda, which is never going to happen to people, but the energy of that thing exists in the world, and simply learning it in the Teda, corrects it in the world. In other words, when you have a shaila, someone has a situation, I don't know what the din is, they come to Arach. If the shaila never happens, but in spirit, the possibility for the shaila happens. And when you're learning it in Taira, you're mevadet it in the world. That's what Taira is. But Taira, not the higher Taira, the lower Taira. So the Rebbe says, When you come down into this world, and you learn Nigla, you learn the Taira that deals with the practical sides of life. And the struggles of getting through the real world, this is what Eliyah is. Okay, the Gemara says six lines, on top of page 104. The fortunate is he who comes here. Here means Nelma Emes, and he brings along with him his learning. But what's made Tayyub is going to be other? They Talmudai be other. What Taylor they bring with them? Take a Nadin, Talmudai Shalom, Be'elam Azad, the Taylor they learned in this world. In other words, in other words, everybody loves to learn Torah, right? Everybody loves to learn Torah. What do people not love to do? At least responsible people. Paskin alochs. Go ask your local rabbi. Right? Why do you pay a rabbi? You need a guinea pig. If everybody's a talmud chacham in town, why do you need a rabbi? A rabbi has to paskin. Where's the mice with the rabbi Rashab? I told you the story before. The rabbi in Shtenasada. The rabbi Rashab is rabbi yeah. She had a chicken with a broken leg. A chicken with a broken leg is discolored. And based on the color, you can determine whether the leg was broken before the shechita or after the shechita. And if the color was, if it was broken before the shechita, the bird is tafe. If the leg was broken after the shechita, the bird is kosher. So she went to look for the rav. Who was the rav in the house? Yanka Landa, the big rav, the rav of Bnei Berak. Then he was a bachet before he was married yet. She went looking for the rav. Couldn't find him. She walks into her husband, and there he is. So she walks, holding a chicken. She walks up to her husband, the Rebbe, and Yanka Landau. And she shows her husband the shayla on the chicken and says, can I use it? So the Rebbe Rashab turns to Yanka Landau, who was a chassid, a sworn chassid. He wouldn't open his mouth in front of his Rebbe and says, no, it's your job. And Yanka Landau is standing there like, how can I pass in Allah in the presence of the Rebbe? It's also, and so on. And the Rebbe says, no, you get paid for this. But however he worded it, it's very, very good natured. They be told this is your job. So eventually he said, Mechanismus, you may use it. And the Rebbe Rashab said, Zog, that's not good enough. Say. The Rebbe wanted him to say, Kosher. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to pass in Allah. Why? Gosh, did you make a mistake? In Ghanaian, there's no such concept. There's no such concept where a decision you make in an idea can have a real effect on real people. In a real world, that's the Talmud Eliyahu. The Chitzonius Atayda, the lower level of Atayda, which is the rules, is part of the Yerida Tzeirah Aliyah. This level of Atayda addresses the reality of the world and the struggles of this world. Therefore, Dafka, the lower level of Atayda, has this property of a Talmud Eliyahu. You come to Ganidim, a lot of Kabbal, a lot of Chassidus. We got more here than that, but a Halacha, there's no such thing in Ganidim, and that's the type of Talmud Eliyahu. Moreover, when a person learns Tera down here, interesting. Very interesting. 
In Ganeid, when you learn Teda, you don't become one with the Abishter. In this world, when you learn Teda, you become one with the Abishter. This is he mentions the Hemshchayim Beis, and I don't know exactly what this means, and time doesn't allow us to go into it. Okay, next paragraph. On the Madayin there remains one question. You say that Knani means a merchant. Knani doesn't mean a low life, it means a merchant. Who is the merchant? The Neshama. The Neshama wasn't given a choice whether to come into this world or not to come into this world. But once the Neshama comes into the world, it's acting in lieu of a merchant. The very descent into this world is an investment, it's taking a risk for the benefit of a return. And therefore, as I'm teaching you this Maimed, there is purpose in there is purpose in the lower level of Taira that's completely separate from from the inner dimension of the Taira. Right? That's the spirit of this Maimed. So why? You have to struggle with it. But why Mirma? Why does it have to involve deception? As the Pasuk says, Knan, and he asks the question, the Pasuk says, also Adam Yashar. Man was meant to walk straight, but someone said, in Yana why must we do the reception? Of course, the answer is, an Ashaman Ganeid walks straight. An Ashaman in this world needs to be very, very, very quick. Okay? I don't have time to give you the long arichis. But there's a pasuk, I wrote it on the margin. Ani chokma shachanti orma. Ani chokma, I am wisdom, my neighbor is orma. So you have in Hasidus a whole sugya that Orma is next to Chachma. What's next to Chachma? Kesev. So oftentimes Mirma is higher than Seichel. Like you learn the parsha of Yankiv and Esav where he steals the brachas. It goes on Kesev. But here Rashi translates the word Mirma as Chachma. So the Shaila is even if you hold that Mirma doesn't mean higher than Chachma. It means Chachma itself. And the question remains Why must there be so to speak uh, a duplicity even if it's idea chokhma, even if it's just being reasonable but it's the kind of reason that allows you to be deceptive and instead ahead step ahead and outsmart your opponent to win why is it necessary there should be this deviousness and the answer is the answer is because if it got made the Abish did not make a straight up world you want a straight up world sitting on a the Abish made this world to be deceptive and the Eibishter gave us the Koyach to navigate this world using our own Chochmah. Okay? Only when a Yid is smart in his relationship with the world, you reach a higher Madrega and he gives a whole bunch of examples. The bottom line is, if you look four lines from the bottom of the page, it says, The famous expression is, the reason you have to use arma, whether it means chokhmor or it means deception, because in this world we're trying to get the additional light from darkness and the additional wisdom from foolishness. The one doing the clarifying has to be part of the clarification itself. To correct this world, you must yourself be a part of this world. Top of page 105. The neshama descends into this world. Before it came down, it was in a very good place. Three lines from the top of the page at the end of the line. It comes down into this world and deals with double darkness. He comes to the double mat. You know what's written the double mat? The double mat is about tshuva. Everybody is connected to the Yebushter, yeah? What happens when you tear a string and you retie it? One knot's not going to hold. You have to make double. 
the place where it was torn, you have to have doubled and redoubled. So the Rebbe says, and a Shama comes into this world, which is a double darkness, the compensation is that even if he does a single Aved in his life, it's the Maila Satshuva, it's a double knot. And this is the Pshat, Okay, so I want to just finish and repeat. Here's a Maimed that asks a question. Why it says twice Oretz and explains that in every Oretz you have two Oretzes, both in the Yankel of Inu's life as well as in Torah, but then the Maimed goes off in a different direction and says, there is a Pnimiyaz Deka Oretz and a Chitoniyaz Deka Oretz. And it makes sense that the Pnimiyaz Deka Oretz should be the, the soul of the Chitoniyaz Deka Oretz. In this case, the Chitoniyaz Deka Oretz is an Indian itself. Why? Because coming into this Oretz is a, is a, is a risk and therefore navigating this Oretz requires great Chochmah, and there is benefit in it. In other words, to use Kabbalistic language, when a Neshama comes out into this world, it's not only for the sake of Yehudim. Yehudim would be how the Eretz HaChitayna is a framework for the Eretz HaPnimis. There's also Birurim, and there's also Tshuva, and there's also Nesyayin, there's all kinds of other purposes, where the Chitayna is the Ketayna is its own end. It's not just a means to an end, which is Pnimis HaTayna, but the Chitayna said it's its own end.